0: Adrienne, I'm very excited about our guest today. Her name is Grayson Warren, and I hate to brag and all, but we were in the same sorority. Oh, Kyle Omega. Yes, yes. I'm a little older, but Grayson has had just an incredible, I just, it's been fun to track with her. Grayson, um, like I said, was in our same sorority, and guess what? Uh-oh, what? This is a fun little tidbit. Um, she is a hunter, Or huntress, or whatever you call it. Yes, is that a huntress? (laughs) Is that what it's called, a huntress? I always refer to myself as a hunter,
1: but I guess the technical term would maybe be huntress.
0: Ah, so she's very skilled with a bow? Bow? Yes, (laughs) As you can tell,
2: we do not know what we're talking about over here.
1: I am super into archery hunting in particular. I'm actually more skilled with a bow and arrow than I am a gun. Um, And it's just kind of been in my family. It's something we all love to do and how I relate to my brothers and my dad. Um, And that is just a fun little hobby also that my husband and I share together. We love to hunt together.
0: Let's start. Let's back up a little bit, Grayson, and and let's start with just kind of what it was like growing up for you. Um, You know, I know you haven't always, always um, been super interested in a relationship with God, but kind of give us a background to your life.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in a very small town in Arkansas, um, Stuttgart, Arkansas. And I just have always kind of had a little bit of a bent towards rebellion. Um, My Enneagram number, if you guys do the Enneagram is a seven. And so my motivation for most things in life is to have fun. And so where I grew up, fun looked like drinking and partying. Um, That's kind of what the cool kids Did you know they weren't at church on Wednesdays? Um, I grew up in a Christian household, and you could find me in a church pew on a lot of Sundays, but I was probably asleep um, or hungover from the night before. I just didn't really have an interest for the things of God because I didn't really think that they were that fun. Um, And so I, yeah, I kind of always had this bend towards rebellion. um, And at a young age, got involved in drinking. and just lived a promiscuous lifestyle for a a while. And that kind of continued on into college. Um, I really had these aspirations to be just the best party girl that the University of Arkansas had seen. I wanted to bring the fun to the University of Arkansas. And um, so that's kind of where my life um, existed, my freshman and sophomore year. I remember at the end of my freshman year kind of looking around and thinking like where are all these friendships that I was promised and you know where is this fullness of life that I was promised from college and just found myself feeling really empty. Um, and I ended a relationship that I had been in for five years. I started dating a guy who was significantly older than me when I was in high school. And we kind of had an on and off relationship for about four years. Um, and so after ending that relationship, it was kind of like this promiscuous behavior just spiraled. Um, and it kind of became just hooking up here and there with people who I wasn't dating. Um, And I knew that that was not who I wanted to be. I knew that wasn't the type of person I wanted to be, but I honestly felt like I didn't really have a lot of control um, over my behavior and the way that I was acting. Um, I remember one night sitting in the Sigma Chi fraternity house um, my sophomore year, the beginning of my sophomore year, thinking there has got to be more to life than this. There has got to be more to life than staying up late and wasting my days away. Um, I spent a lot of my days hungover and I wasn't enjoying things that I typically enjoyed like the outdoors and just beautiful days (laughs) because most of my life was spent in the nighttime. Um, and so, um, I'll never forget, um, I saw a tweet on Twitter and it said that there was this place called Cross Church that offered a five thirty PM church service. And I thought, oh well that's great. I can get my hangover out of the way and go to this church service at night. And I knew that church was something that I did in high school. And I kind of felt like something was missing in my life. So I thought this might be an opportunity to find something that you know will fill me. So I texted a lot of my friends um, and said, hey, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to try this new thing. Is anybody interested in going? and I had a few girls um, say that they wanted to come with me, but last minute they backed out. And so I realized that this was something I wanted to do and I decided to go ahead and go by myself. Um, So that night, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I went by myself and it was completely God's provision looking back. Um, And I remember sitting there and hearing a sermon on the Holy Spirit. Um, And he talked about this Holy Spirit light bulb. And um, when it goes off, you can't help but be filled with the knowledge of Christ. And that night for me, my Holy Spirit light bulb went off and I knew that there was a God who wanted to forgive everything that I had done, who wanted to feel that emptiness that I was feeling, who had purpose for my life, who had forgiveness for all of the sins that I had committed. And I recognized that sin was sin. So after that, I rushed home and I first called my little brother because we're really close and he had actually just given his life to Christ a couple months earlier. So I called him and I was like, I think you'd be excited for me. And then I called my mom and said, Mom, I have been lying behind your back since I was 14 years old. I have been drinking and partying but I think I just accepted Christ. And I think that you'd be really excited for me. (laughs) And she said, I am so thankful that nothing has happened to you. And I'm so excited to see what God um, does in your life. And then I called a sorority sister of mine and her name was JC Gregory. And I called her and I said, JC, I know you don't know me, but I know that your life looks really different from mine, and I think that you'd be excited for me right now. I think I just accepted Christ, and I just wanted to tell somebody. And so, of course, J.C. was excited and eager to share with me the things of Jesus. And so we spent the next few years um, together, J.C. kind of discipling me and um. I was so excited about the forgiveness that Jesus offered that I just wanted to dive into everything. So I got involved in Sumo and I got involved in the Kyle Omega Bible study and I got involved in different prayer groups and all of these things. I was just so excited to see and experience Jesus. Um, So that was a very long way of me saying (laughs) what life was like growing up.
0: I am so glad you gave us all the details because I was going to ask you, you know, what was the big change for you in college? Because I met you, you know, on the on the side where you were following God and I had I didn't know about all the background, but you were just such a delight to be around. And I mean, there are so many young women when you ask them, you know, how did you get started in a relationship with God? They always say grace and help me, grace and help me, grace and help me. So, um. I have a question for you. Like when you, you called your younger brother, you called your mom, you called um, a sorority sister you knew um, who was growing in a relationship with God. What did your other friends say? I mean, were they like, you're crazy, girl? You know, what are you talking about? I mean, what, how did they respond?
1: Yes. So this was a really hard part of my testimony and I still look back and kind of shudder at the way that I handled some of those relationships, but it was absolutely a shock that Grayson Kennedy at the time (laughs) would not want to drink and not want to party and not want to go to the fraternity houses. Um, I had a very like quick transformation. I was hungry and ready to live and lead my life differently. And so it kind of happened overnight, but I was embarrassed to read my Bible in front of my roommates at the time. And so I would, I lived downstairs in a basement and I would go down into my basement and I would lock my doors and I would just devour the word of God. Or I would drive up to, Oh, what's that lookout mountain, Mount Sequoia. I would drive up to Mount Sequoia and I would sit in the car by myself and I would read my Bible up there um, because I knew that the things that I now desired were not going to sit well with some of my current friends. And I personally really had to remove myself from some of those friendships and relationships because it was very hard for me to be around, um, some of those things that I did before Christ and not be tempted to want to dive right back into the middle of my sin. And so one of my favorite Bible verses at the time was first Peter chapter four And when I first started reading the Bible, I remember thinking, this has the answers to everything in life. How am I just now learning about this book? But it it said, do not be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through, that your friends want to slander you because you no longer want to participate in the things that they're doing. It was just this affirmation from the word of God that this can be expected it's okay that they don't agree with what you're doing but as a believer in crisis this is what you're called to and so you might have to walk away from some of these friendships for the time being if it's putting you in a place of temptation um, and causing you to um you know, not walk in obedience to my word. So they were, they were shocked, (laughs) definitely shocked. Um, And it it was again, a hard transition. And I I still don't think I did a great job loving them um, in my transition because I needed such a stark separation from anything that tied me to sin.
2: Wow. I mean, I'm just taking in everything that you're saying and a verse that just comes to mind when you're just talking about this life change and transformation that you had, that it was just overnight, you were a new creation, like Second Corinthians 5.17 says, the old is gone, the new has come. And that is the new Grayson. And so it's so cool to be here on the other side, getting to hear your story of God's redemption in your life and the life change that you have. It's amazing. So um, I know a lot of our listeners, they love relationships. That's why they're here. So we've got to get to the juicy stuff. How did you meet Will, your husband? How'd you meet?
1: Yeah, so it was my senior year of college, and it was Will's fifth year in college. Um, He had just found out that he hadn't gotten accepted to dental school, Um, and now at the time, we're like, thanks, God, (laughs) because it was that year that he decided we were going to meet Um, so our two really good friends started dating, um, one of his best friends and one of my best friends were in a relationship. And so those friend groups just kind of naturally merged together. Um, and my friend, Annie invited us to her house in Dallas, Texas, to go to the Texas A&M football game. And so we had a carpool of guys going and a carpool of girls going. And I was not interested in any of the guys in that carpool because I had my eyes set on somebody else that I had had a crush on for two years. And so I was just excited to go for the weekend and have some girl time um, and enjoy the Texas A&M football game. But when we got there, I was shocked to meet Will Warren and um, really be attracted to him Um, and So we kind of were hanging out, and before the Texas A&M football game, he came and sat down beside me and said, so are you dating that guy? And I thought he was talking about my ex-boyfriend, and I was like, oh, no, no, I'm not. And he was like, no, I'm talking about, you know, this guy. And I was like, oh, no, I wish, you know, (laughs) I just was like clearly interested in somebody else. Um, And as the weekend progressed, I began to see Will's character. Um, I was one of the only girls there that was not in a relationship. And we went to dinner that night and Will realized that. And so he picked up my dinner tab and it was just a very kind gesture. And then we went to Billy Bob's in Fort Worth, Texas, and I love to dance. I just love to dance. I didn't know how to two-step at the time, and Will learned how to two-step at summer camp. And so he grabbed me and took me on the floor at Billy Bob's, and I remember sitting there two-stepping, thinking, okay, I thought I had a crush on this other guy, but why do I feel like I'm feeling strongly <laughs> towards Will Warren now? <laughs> and so as we came home from the Texas a and weekend, I really began to process this crush That I had on another guy and I thought, Grayson, for two years of your life, you have tried to get this guy to notice you. You have gone out of your way to change your character to things that you think he would be interested in. But on this weekend, you just went and you were being your true self, having fun with your girlfriends and Will noticed that and he noticed it immediately and pretty quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't take him two years, Um, but there was just this freedom in knowing that he saw me for who I was, exactly who I was. I didn't have to try to manipulate my character to attract him to me. Um, So we came home and quickly started dating after that trip. And um, we were, we started dating in October we were engaged in June and married by the next October. So it was very quick after we met that we kind of knew that that would be the one for us.
2: Gosh. And so I have a question for you. Did Will know this former Grace, Grayson that you've been talking about with us at the beginning of the podcast? Did he know this Grayson? And then if he didn't, yeah, you tell us. What is that like?
1: Yes, Will did know this former Grayson. So a lot of my sexual sin actually played out in the fraternity that he was a part of. And so when I met Will, um, he was actually aware of almost all of my sexual past Um, And one night when I after I had accepted Christ um, and I was at Cross Church, I was asked to share my testimony on stage. And so as I was telling my testimony on stage, Will was kind of sitting there watching and he left and he got in the car with some of his good friends. And um, this was kind of the first time that the Lord you know laid it on his heart that he might be interested in someone who had a past so he kind of asked his buddies he said do you guys think that you could date a girl like that a girl that has a story like that and they kind of talks amongst themselves, but this was the first time that the Lord really began moving in Will's heart saying, I know that you have saved yourself for marriage, and I know that you have this idea that your wife will too, but what if you were open to a woman who really loves the Lord? And we laugh now because we're like, actually, what if you were open to exactly that woman on stage with her exact story and testimony that you just heard? (laughs)
0: So when when did this take place? Was this this was obviously before you guys were dating? Was this before the dance at Billy Bob's, or was this after? Like, I'm I'm just trying to get the time frame. This was
1: um, about a year before um, the Billy Bob's dancing. So yes,
0: wow, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So even then, God was kind of you know, Will was beginning to um, think about all those things. And then a year later, you went on this Texas A&M trip, and then y'all had a chance to really meet and connect. And that's just really fun.
2: I think what's great, too, is will saw your christ-like character you know he saw yes the girl at the sigma chi house and the one he heard stories about but he also saw the girl on stage share about how she gave her life to christ and how she is just in love with god and she is forgiven for every single part of her past and present and future and then now he's seeing this girl having lived out her faith for you know a couple years and i just think that is amazing Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's also one thing I want to point on, um, that I would want girls to know. Um, Will and I recently just celebrated our five-year anniversary, and so he knows that I am a words of affirmation person, so for that, he wrote me a really long letter, um, and in that letter, um, he talks about qualities of me that he loves, that he lists off and says that what first attracted him to me was my joy, my Christ like joy. I have the letter right here. Um, he says things like you seek Jesus and you seek counsel, you seek out truth, you are humble, you admit your faults and you seek correction, you seek reconciliation with others, you embrace grace and you extend grace. You are a woman after God's own heart. And so I just want girls to know that in your marriage, years down the road, this is what attraction is. This is what's important. I used to think for so long that being attractive meant wearing a bodycon dress and doing my eyeshadow all up and curling my hair. And I thought that that was attraction. I thought that those things made me desirable and wantable And as I now know, that is, that is not what you want your husband to say about you. That would honestly get really old if he just continued to compliment you on your outward appearance, because we all know that that's going to fade. And I know that in college, it's hard to believe that because you are cute and you are young, but it is true. We all will age and we all will get older. And Even now with the budget I have, I can't imagine trying to keep up with what defines a woman as attractive today. It's like lip injections, Botox, highlights, self-tanner. I mean, the list goes on and on. And not only are those things not affordable, they're not attainable and they're not going to last you throughout your entire marriage where God gives us access to sanctification and he promises if you will just persevere in this relationship with me, I am going to grow you more and more attractive. I'm going to make your heart look like that of Christ. I'm going to make you more desirable as a person um, because of the qualities that I'm going to instill within you. And so I think that it is so important to remember that that is what attraction is. That is what is beautiful and will continue to be beautiful in your marriage.